Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new season and another empowering episode of the Unstoppable Singer podcast. I am your host, a singer and vocal coach, Danielle Tucker. The Unstoppable Singer is an interview style show where I dive into the lives of real life professional singers who have achieved incredible feats in their careers. We explore the challenges and the triumphs that come with a life under the bright lights, and we learn learn what being unstoppable truly means to them. So if you're passionate about music and the stories of remarkable artists, then you're in the right place. Stick around because I'm about to introduce my guest for the day. I have the pleasure of introducing Carla Bosnacki. I am so excited to be interviewing her today. She has left an indelible mark as the lead vocalist, MC, and choreographer of the sensational corporate event band Undercover. Her captivating performances have enthralled audiences from all walks of life, from celebrities to lavish corporate gatherings, but Carla's talent extends far beyond the stage lights. She is a dedicated educator, nurturing the next generation of performers at Rockstars of Tomorrow in Norco, Chino Hills, and Rancho Cucamonga. Her expertise in voice and stage performance is invaluable as she guides her students in preparing for important auditions, talent showcases, and live public performances. Carla's musical journey has taken her to stages that stretch from Canada to the vibrant shores of Cabo, Mexico. Her dynamic voice has graced a wide array of musical productions, and her dedication to the craft is truly inspiring. So help me please welcome Carla to the podcast. Hello, Carla. Hello. Thank you so much for having me and for that very nice introduction. Hey, well-deserved. I know. I always say that I think it, it's you got to hear that back every once in a while, and you realize, you know what? That is I, me, and I, I do do all those things. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. So <clears throat> let's kick things off. Tell me, how's 2024 starting out for you? What do you have going on right now? Well, it's busier than ever. It's wedding season here in California in the greater areas. So we've been getting calls and playing gigs. And, you know, 2023 has run into 2024, luckily. Yeah, so. that's wonderful. Now, the band that you're referring to, this is Undercover the corporate band that we, that I mentioned in your introduction. I want you to tell me a little bit more about the band and your business, because you have a really interesting model because you have more than just undercover that kind of falls under the umbrella of your business. So um, tell me how you got started with that and what that looks like today. Oh, I got started with undercover in 2001, dare I say, coming up on a, a little over 20 years now. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we started playing clubs and uh, just meshed really well. There's so many great musicians in L.A. that we've got a chance to work with and said, man, we could really play, live our lives playing music. Right. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've been playing weddings and, as you said, corporate events all over the country since then. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, we specialize in top 40 high energetic music. We can, um, you can add saxophones, dancers, DJs, lots of singers up front, choreography, keep it going all night long. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the interesting thing about being in a corporate slash wedding band like that too, is that you, you constantly have to be in a state of, uh, updating and staying current and staying relative, you know, to the time. So what does that process look like for you? How often are you adding new music or, or kind of adding a different spin to the ensembles that you offer? Well, definitely. Well, now everybody has their own playlist nowadays. It used to be everyone's listening to the same stuff on the radio. So what I try and do is take classic songs that everyone always dances to and add some of those new songs into those. So Mm -hmm. I love to do mashups. And a lot of kids are hearing a lot of older music, thankfully, for TikTok. And so I like to mix in all those songs together. So you're kind of getting like a DJ um, with a band. We'll go wherever the audience will let us go. So but it's yeah. been hard to find what is everyone listening to right now, you know? Songs come and go so quick now. So that's mm-hmm. why I rely on the classics. Yeah, totally. That's such a good point too. Cause yeah, not many of us are like turning on the radio and all like listening to the same thing at once. Everybody's kind of down their own avenue with their Spotify playlist, but Definitely. there there are those platforms like TikTok, as you mentioned, that everybody seems to be on and hearing the trending songs. And thank goodness so many of the oldies, I shouldn't say oldies, but oldies but goodies are being, you know, revived again. So it's fun. I know that my daughters, nine and 11, they they, uh, are familiar with songs that surprise me sometimes. (laughs) Right? Like, how did you know this? I have students. uh, I teach voice as well in performance. And students that will bring in, they'll, oh, I don't really like older music. And then the next week they'll go, oh, I found this song on TikTok. And it's it's by Fleetwood Mac or something. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) guess what? You've just opened your musical world there. It's not, you know, what all the kids are listening to. But it's like we've we're all listening to it. Yeah, I know. I love that. Cool. We were driving in the car last night and a song came on and and my daughter asked, oh, who's who's singing this song? And I said, oh, this is Billy Joel. And she's like, she's like, OK, I really feel this guy because <laughs> just the lyrics of the song is crack up. Yeah. But um, so take me back in time, Carla, and let's go back to your roots and how you got started in music. Tell me what ignited music in your life. Dance, dance ignited music for me. Um, I took dance from a very young age and always listened to, I guess, older music as a kid, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael Jackson was huge at that time. So um, I took lots of dance classes and then through dance, um, I took voice lessons And from those voice lessons, we would go to dance competitions and I would do some of that vocal um, songs in some of the dance competitions. Mm -hmm. And then I went to college for dance and realized what a rough world dancing is as well to Uh, do professionally. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, there wasn't a lot of music in my house. um, So I found anything I could find that my friends were listening to and what was popular on the radio. As we were saying, that was like the big thing. I had a radio right next to my bed 
all the time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So dance was the bigger vision for you at the time. You weren't like uh, picturing yourself as being a pop star, but rather were you thinking Broadway or music videos or? All encompassing. I loved all kinds of music. I have no, I mean, polka maybe would be one I would leave out. But, (laughs) you know, there's very few genres that I don't really love. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, who? what little girl doesn't want to be Annie? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So when you you're in your college days, and you're you're kind of coming to this realization that this is a tougher industry to get in than I thought, but you already had, you were already singing simultaneously with your dance performances at at certain times. So did the bug to sing professionally start coming out at that time? It really didn't. It found me. I was out one night, uh, there was a band playing, they were playing a song, they pulled me up, I started singing, they talked to me after, said, hey, wow, you're a great singer. Um, Ever thought about singing with a band? I hadn't really. Um, (laughs) And so I went home and called my mom and she said, I always thought you should be a singer. I never knew why you were going to school for dance. So bye FSU and then started singing in bands from then on and pretty much other than choreography, you know, I'm not doing split leaps out and around much anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting because um, the majority of the singers that I interview on here kind of started out with that vision of being a singer first and ultimately end up going down the uh, indie artist, original music path first before they find the path of a working singer, you know, doing corporates and weddings and, you know, club events and things like that. Um, so this kind of found you. So I'm curious to know, um, being a working singer all of these years, did you ever have the interest in becoming an original artist or writing your own music, recording your own music? I did a little bit of that with an all-girl band when I first moved out to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wasn't for me. I really have always enjoyed singing other people's music and different genres, being mm-hmm. stuck. As I said earlier, I've listened to so much type of music that being stuck to being a pop singer or a rock singer full-time just never really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. So seeing Top 40, especially at weddings or you know at a club, you're singing everybody's music. Yeah. All genres. So yeah, that's, that really was, I was more passionate about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of singers, once they get into um, that world of a working singer, especially if you can, if you can connect with a successful band, it's really lucrative and you really can, you know, make a great living doing that. So it's really hard to sometimes like switch gears and, and, you know, uh, think about going and leading um, the more, I guess, the more artistic life, I suppose. Uh, it's yes, tough. it's a different kind of grind, right? Yeah. It is a grind being a working musician any way you cut it. Um, but it's a different kind of grind, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you said almost 20 years ago is when Undercover was born. Um, tell me how you got started with that and what the journey has been like with this band. Oh, the journey has been amazing. I said we've been together 20 years. We've played and had 
uh, all over the country, um, played with great musicians that come in and out of LA, um, many great vocalists that have been on all the top shows that are out now touring, doing their own solo thing. We've had, you know, the pleasure of having them on stage with us and maybe some of them very early in their career, very nervous to sing at a wedding. And then yeah. you hear them and you're like, how could you, you sang on the voice, you know, how could you be nervous? And, and that is a different thing, you know, coming from that type of those shows and things, right. To sing mm -hmm. for four hours. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> undercover um, has, like I said, has had the pleasure of singing with all different type of um, musicians and things. And we've played all over. Yeah. That's great. And um, I've noticed too, that you have some spinoff groups that you offer that are just kind of like maybe a different theme show or how does that work? Yeah. Different genres of a little bit more eighties um, driven or a little more rock or looking mm -hmm. for more of a swing band. We just added a hybrid DJ situation where we mix the DJ with a saxophone player, a violin player, a drummer. So you can have Beyonce sing your first dance, but with the vibe of a, of a, of a full band. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. It is. It's so much to keep up with in the events industry. Things are constantly changing. There's constantly, you know, new trends emerging. Um, anything interesting that you're seeing this year, that's, that's a little trendy or something new. Oh, definitely that hybrid DJ thing. A yeah. DJ person said, gosh, I've been hearing everybody's wanting a musician along with this or the electric violin player is always a great thing to add with a live configuration. You know, great musicians that can just play over anything that you're playing. They know where you're going and could easily at, been added to. Yeah, I love that. It's a little bit of a smaller ensemble too. So it's like less less mouths to feed in a situation yeah, like that. A little easier setup and all that as well. Yeah, that's great. And so uh, in your introduction too, we learned that you are also a teacher. Tell me about that. Yes, I've been teaching for 12 years. Um, I teach out of Rockstars of Tomorrow, training uh, five-year-olds to 60-year-olds about. My oldest mm -hmm. student just came in as 60 and just making their musical dreams come true. Um, I have a few professionals as well. Um, but Rockstars has been great to me. I, I really have enjoyed working with my voice every day mm -hmm. and and helping them develop wherever yeah. they want to go. Because I feel like singing moves beyond the stage. It can give kids confidence to be the boss and speak in front of, you know, thousand people and feel the confidence of that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's been very rewarding. Yeah, that's great. I know as a, a vocal coach myself throughout the years, this is this has changed um, in any given season of life, but I can always tell at different times there's a certain type of singer that I really get um, the most, uh, I guess, enjoyment out of work. I enjoy working with all singers, but, you know, there, there, there just are times in your life where you can resonate deeper with certain, uh, types of singers, depending upon, you know, what their circumstances are, it could be an age range, uh, you know, any different demographic, but, um, do you find that there's a certain type of singer that really resonates with you that you like working with? Um, well, as I said, I said, I had a 60 year old come in and I really resonated with this gentleman because he 
told me that he didn't know that he could really learn to be a better singer. He never really believed that. Mm-hmm. And he wants to play at his church and play piano mm-hmm. and lead. And for the past 10 years, he's been thinking about it. And over the past four months, we've built his confidence. I'd make him play and sing. I make him work on his breathing. Just taking somebody that just doesn't believe that they can be a better singer. because they don't understand the instrument, mm-hmm. you know, with the airflow and all those things. So building that confidence in somebody I really connect with. I enjoy the children, but you kids come and go with sports and things, you know, and they're just, they're trying to figure out who and what they want to do. So, so definitely uh, the person that's looking for that win. Yeah. Connect with. Definitely. Do you, um, you mentioned that you've had some professionals. Do you often have singers that come in who are professionally minded and kind of wanting to go down the path that you went down? Um, yes, actually, I have some students that just graduated from high school, they have their own band, they're looking to push and start getting on the phones and doing top 40. Mm -hmm. Um, Much like we do, they're still young. So a wedding, maybe not just yet, but some corporates for more youth geared things. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the students that come out of rock stars have been looking into working as a a professional musician on the grind, as I say, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're not trying to make it necessarily writing, making their own music, mm-hmm. but going out there making music at making money as a live musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, I definitely see a lot of those um, types of singers and m- musicians myself now, because you have um, such an incredible, you know, level of experience and background in that arena of music. Um, how do you train up a singer like that? What are, what are some of the paths of training that you lead them down? What is some of the advice that you give them about, you know, a singer that wants to get into this business in, in the way we're in the business as working singers? Well, I give them a lot of the advice that I wasn't given. I feel uh-huh. sorry, my vocal coach on blast a little, but, um, Um, I feel like when you're working the grind as far as a corporate band or, you know, working up to that level in bars and things and clubs, you tend to forget vocally about your roots and your breathing sometimes. And I ran into that. I ended up with a vocal injury. So I am a big crusader in Mm. not forgetting about that and knowing that a four hour gig is different than going on stage and singing one or two songs you know, that there's an endurance thing. So it's a very important that I teach them that, um, my technique being able as a female front person, being able to run a band, call the end of songs and things like that Mm -hmm. and not turn into the drummer and waiting to see what's happening. Those little things that I really had to find out for myself Mm -hmm. that my instructor didn't have the knowledge of because she was more coming from musical theater hmm. Yeah. So, and talking to the audience is harder than singing sometimes. So just sure. forcing them to work that muscle that and not learning it on stage, I think, is mm-hmm. something that I can give them that a lot of teachers don't or have. Yeah. I wasn't. So I'm really aware of those. Right. Things. Right. Yeah. 
Well, you mentioned too that um, you've had so many great people come to uh, front the band throughout the years as well. So I imagine that you've picked up on all kinds of stories and experiences that you can relay to your students about the more of the etiquette and soft skills of working in <laughs> a band situation. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any stories or any uh, tales or lessons that you share with your students about how to act right? Uh, that's how I like to put it. You, you got to act right. <laughs> yes. I say the minute that you are on enter a ballroom, if you're, if you're in a situation where you're playing a wedding or a corporate, you're on. Mm -hmm. People setting up can hear you talking. The coordinator can hear you talking. Just be sure that you are poised. And then definitely the minute the lights are up, there's always at least five people in the audience looking at you. So uh -huh. if someone's giving a toast, if someone's, you know, coming up from the company to give a big speech and you're back here on your phone behind yeah. your instrument, though, just being poised. A lot of musicians, singers, I think, are a little bit more poised. Sometimes musicians don't realize that. You know, they always haven't been on stage in that way where they're up front. It's a little different when you've only have the little microphone to hide behind. But right. definitely yeah. that is one of my main things that I let them know that just being poised on stage, that someone's always watching you. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And what are um, when you're deciding, you know, if if a singer is going to hang long term uh, with the band with you, uh, what are some qualities in a singer that you really like to work with as far as I mean, on and off stage? What are those things that you definitely I'm glad you said on and off stage, because one of the things that comes up is a good hang is the first yeah. thing I think of is like, Oh, they were a good hang, you know? And usually if they're a good hang, you're going to say, and they were great on stage. It was fun working with them. You know, they come in, they're easy to work with. They're prepared. They know their lyrics. They're not hiding behind their, their um, iPad all night. Right. Um, definitely the longevity of keeping the energy up and interacting with the crowd for, with what I do. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll have singers come in that, um, that are looking to be artists mm -hmm. and they can't kind of take a side to that a little bit when they're doing a corporate event or a wedding event, that it is about that. It's about mm -hmm. the couple. It's about the event that's going on. So having the audience, like it's not okay for me to let everybody just sit there. I'm going to try at least to get them up and out of their seats to at least get them to clap with the band, those type of interactions. You can't always make people dance, you know, but like to get them interactive in some way. So those mm -hmm. things are very important. If a singer can't have that, they usually don't last very long, unfortunately. Right. Or they right. have to learn that, you know, or I, I let them know I you have permission, go out there, jump off the stage. I definitely give a new singer the permission mm -hmm. to do that. So they mm -hmm. know that we expect that and that's what we want. And feeling that is great. So mm -hmm. great. Yeah, it really is. I know. And it is, it's, it's a, um, interesting thing. I think for singers to learn who may be pursuing both avenues at some times, because really the life of an indie artist or someone more in the, you know, original vein of things, that life, uh, in that pursuit is so much about constantly revealing who, who you really are at the core that becomes your brand. That becomes the, 
um, the art, you know, that you're exposing to the world is really like what's on the inside of you and allowing that to shine through, to pour through, you know, and, and that is really the thing that ends up speaking to your audience. But on the flip side, in this, in cover music, you know, when you're doing this type of music, it's almost, it's almost the reverse. I mean, you really are trying to mold yourself to what an audience really wants and will, is most familiar with. And, you know, because they're, they're not really there to, to think or be, you know, I don't know, really they're there to be entertained. Yeah. Right? They just want to be entertained. They yes, just want to definitely, I, I totally agree with you. You got to just go know your audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's not always about us unless we sometimes like to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. Us singers, uh, we're performers. We, we obviously like the spotlight, but yeah, to be able to put that to the side is, is a, is a tool that's definitely needed if you want to be able to do both. And a lot of times you have to do both, especially if you're living in LA, it's like, you want to sing, you don't want to get a job serving if you can help it or bartending, right? You need your nights open. So if you're at least playing a gig and you're out there and you play so many amazing gigs, you could be playing, who knows who you can meet at these gigs, who can see you, you know? Mm -hmm. And then that could parlay your, your uh, solo career or whatever you're looking to do. Right. Right. Um, one thing I think, um, just to kind of add on to that as well, I think singers who are pursuing both of those things, but also really in the process of, uh, figuring out who they are as an artist doing the cover thing, I think is a great opportunity, especially if you're in a situation that calls for you to really do things close to the original recordings, because it, it forces you to, Uh, explore different dimensions of your voice that aren't necessarily like down your artist road. Uh, You know, when we try to mimic the styles and nuances of other singers, we discover things about our own voices that then get included in our toolbox of artistic choices that we can make as vocalists. So I think it's good opportunity sometimes. It definitely is. I have that conversation with my students all the time to allow themselves to explore mm-hmm. and that it's okay if they sound a little nasal on that one note, that mm-hmm. that might be what's needed. Like they don't have, and it's, it is a contradiction because we tell them, find your authentic voice, find your yeah. authentic voice. And then we say, find all this other stuff, right? But it is still their voice. It's not going to sound, that sound will not sound like anybody else's in that place or that space that we put it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like the getting a new car, you know, everybody kind of has a general idea of how you drive a car. You, you know, you ignite and you push the gas pedal and you go down the road and it'll get you from point A to point B. But, uh, if you really take the time to explore the vehicle and all the buttons and whistles that come with it, there's so many things, so much functionality to something like that, that you wouldn't know unless you went into that, you know, discovery mode and kind of open your mind to that. It's a more enjoyable and comfortable ride. Yes, it certainly is. <laughs> yep. So I would imagine with a band like Undercover, uh, you've had some ebbs and flows throughout the year. Uh, one in particular, which we all experienced through COVID. Um, how did the band cope with that time period? Um, the band 
um, didn't work a lot. So yeah, <laughs> uh, personally, um, you know, as for my musicians, I we know it was hard for all of us during that time. Mm -hmm. um, but we actually kept grinding. We did a lot of live streams and things. Mm -hmm. um, and um, just kept the grindstone talked. We met together as we could in spaces that were big <laughs> enough for us to, you know, keep doing our crafting and being ready for when the season opened up back for us. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if I could be honest though, it probably was a little nice for some of us older musicians that had been working for so long to have a weekend off. Yeah. It was like, Whoa, Whoa, this, what, but there wasn't anything to do. <laughs> yeah. But, I know. Yeah. I felt that way too. I, I kind of felt like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. A little it's unexpected breathing. vacation, yeah. unpaid, but you know. But, yeah. You know, a few we, nice. Yeah. A few weeks into it, you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get I, back to the music. But yeah, definitely. We did a lot of live streams and helped out some mm -hmm. of our local places that we've been playing for 20 years mm -hmm. to be able to, they threw the live stream up and, you know, some of the, uh, uh, the locals and the regulars of that bar would watch and kind of help out and donate to try and keep those businesses running so that we could come back and play to them. Yeah. Yeah. I know we all learned so many lessons about our career choices during that time period. I know the number one lesson I learned, of course, was that, you know, you can't have all your eggs in one basket because, <laughs> that basket could be snatched away at any given time. So diversifying, having multiple streams of income, very, very important, even if one of, even if one of them is really your primary thing, but just being able to like spread the love around, that was certainly um, a huge lesson for me. But were there any things that you discovered about yourself or uh, about your career when you um, went through that experience? Um, other than teaching on Zoom is not ideal <laughs> for right young now. children. <laughs> um, I did learn that, um, well, I start, I picked up a bunch of in, small instruments during COVID. Okay. I've been trying to add to my arsenal, uh -huh. you know, um, picked up the flute and learned every Lizzo lick I could. Wow. The, the tambourine, not my favorite instrument, the loudest of them all, I believe. But um, I, I just learned that I wanted to keep, to keep building as a singer and have more tricks in my bag, you know, because mm -hmm. yeah. I, you get a little stagnant doing these. You're like okay with wearing the same black dress, maybe, and okay with singing the same riffs and the songs. And mm -hmm. sometimes that that did remind me that wow, I can, I need, I still really want to push myself. Yeah. Not okay with completely being stagnant every weekend, but it, it was nice. But yeah, I think I learned that I was willing to keep pushing and, and it was still fun for me because sometimes yeah. you question that with teaching and mm -hmm. covers and because it's still fun because mm -hmm. you get to the gig with all your stuff and yeah, it's so yeah, it was surprising. Yeah. I was ready to come back. Yeah, definitely. A lot of, I know a lot of singers that, started to, you know, try their hand in teaching during that time to online primary, <laughs> primarily, which is really tough. That's a tough place to start. If, you know, teaching's not ar already your thing, you know, were you teaching prior to all of that? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I've been teaching in person for, um, 
eight years before mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. And then luckily, uh, most of my students stuck with me and have come back and we're, yeah. and we're back. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, what exciting things do you have on the horizon for yourself and the band in the coming year? Um, the we are going to Cabo to be playing two weekends in a row over there at some wed- uh, wedding. We have Jackson Hole, so I love going out of town um, mm-hmm. and and helping our clients that can't come have the same LA band that they all of the locals have here, right? So yeah. I love traveling. We're traveling and starting. Um, I'm very excited about our new bands. As I said, we have um, a ray of them. Uh, I don't have them right in front of me. Spin Town is one of them. Um, we have um, Lady Ivy is one of our new bands. We have our hybrid DJ. And we're just looking forward to knocking out a great season on 2024 and just keeping up keeping all of our coordinators and clients happy, making memories for our clients and Mm -hmm. meeting more musicians, adding more music. Yeah. Always. (laughs) With that many musicians in your arsenal, that's got to be extraordinarily um, tricky to coordinate all the schedules and things like that. Uh, not to, you mentioned traveling too, all the travel arrangements for musicians. Um, what does the back end of your business look like? Do you, uh, is it, are, are you doing everything yourself? Do you have a team of people who work with you? Oh yes. Well, my husband and I run the business together and he is the bones and the thread of it. He really does all of the booking and the calls. Um, uh, we have a one lovely lady that works with us and helps out, um, calling our coordinators and our, um, brides and grooms, getting all the information. And then we put it all into one nice system. Mm -hmm. We send that out to all the players, which is actually the smoothest part of the business is the functionality of the back end of our system. Yeah. You get a, your, uh, your, sorry, I'm having a little trouble today, questionnaire, uh-huh. type it right out, all of the first dances and the things, all the details for the gigs get taken care of. But luckily I get to just sing and perform as much as possible. Mm-hmm. The office stuff is not my my day-to-day thing. Yeah, that's great. Well, I like, I like digging into things like that too, because I, I think it's important for singers who are, um, you know, interested in this business, emerging into the business, that they understand um, the importance of developing that business acumen and understanding how a business runs and how uh, how organized it has to be, um, the different, you know, technical and personal skills that you need to have, the the interpersonal skills, the HR, you, you have to put that HR hat on sometimes and and, you know, that it isn't just about the voice, although obviously that's critically important to your <laughs> your career, but also that, you know, along the way, picking up those, that business um, savvy is super important. Yeah. Yes, it is. As you said, um, and that is has been the hardest part for me. I really enjoy just the performing, but it does, yeah. it is hard when you have to make those calls. And, you know, when George isn't there, and someone has to crack the whip, you know, it has to be me. And uh-huh. that has been hard to adapt to, you know, because when 
you're playing with people every weekend. They, we become friends, you know, yeah. and but you do have to ask those things of people because the clients depend on the product, you know, to yeah. keep it. And so there is that fine line, friends and business, and it can be hard. Yeah, most definitely, definitely. Well, it sounds like throughout your career, um, you, as we all have, you know, we've had our ups and downs and our challenges, but um, clearly you've had a very successful, fruitful career that you've kept going for uh, at least just in this band alone for 20 years. And that is not easy to do. And you've, you have lived through um, a pandemic and continued to, you know, hold it together. And here you are, fast forward to today, you're still performing, you're still thriving, you're teaching and doing all the things. So that brings me to my final question of what makes you unstoppable? That's a hard question, Danielle. That's, um, that's the first response I get every time I ask that. <laughs> It's always a deep sigh. With a, right. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think I'm, um, I guess I, I don't think I know I'm, 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 what makes me unstoppable is that I haven't stopped. I've proven to myself. There's been many times that I've been a bartender. I could have just gone away to the teaching. I've pushed myself continually yeah. through COVID through a vocal injury, through, an, through a brain aneurysm mm. um, that I that didn't take me out of singing. Um, and I'm lucky that it didn't because a lot of people have not had that experience and came through it the way I did. So I'm unstoppable because I didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't let anything get in your way, even though they had the potential to or you could have allowed them to. Yeah. Yes. That's As a great answer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was um, great getting to meet you finally and chat yes, with you too. and hear about your journey. It's super inspiring. And uh, I'm always on the sidelines, you know, rooting everybody on and checking out what everybody's up to. And I will continue to do with that. And I truly hope that our paths will cross in person soon. We're like, Can we play a gig together one day. Yeah, come on. Let's do it. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast. I would, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for doing this for all of us. Oh, it's my Parents pleasure. We really need these. There's not a lot for us for the podcast realm. So yeah. thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, and it is, it's such a unique business to be in. And, and because we're all, for the most part, kind of independent contractors, it can really feel like you're kind of on an island by yourself most of the time. And you see your musical community, you know, here and there. But uh, I think it's, it's good to kind of dig into it sometimes just to see what's really, really going on behind the curtain with everybody just uh, to know that you're not alone. There's a whole community of people out here that love the same things you love and want the same things you want. And um, we're all in this together, right? Yeah. Thank you for creating the space. Thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Carla, we're going to let you go and give you the rest of your day back. Thank you to everybody for listening today. We will see you next time on The Unstoppable Singer. Thank you. Bye. 
Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career. 